The blast from our past network. Hello and welcome to the Blast from Our Past podcast, where the podcast gives you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. I'm John. I'm Adam. I'm Ethan. And I'm Tony. Gentlemen, welcome. Yeah, yeah, welcome to the show, guys. Thanks. Nice to be here. We're happy to have you. If you're listening, it probably sounds a little different. That is because Adam and I are live from Des Moines, Iowa, of all places. Yeah. Well, we got a lot of family up here, and we're excited we get to actually record this episode in person together with two members of our family. We're very excited about it. Yep, we're up here for some uh, some family stuff, and we thought it'd be a good chance to talk our top ten favorite Tool songs. Now, this was actually Ethan's idea, I believe. Is that true, yeah. sir? So, what made you decide that you wanted to do this? I heard um, Avery do a top ten Weird Al songs with you guys, and I kind of like, hey, I want to do a top ten. <laughs> yep. Quite all right. So let's uh, let's kind of go around the room very briefly and just kind of talk about our history with the band Tool. And uh, Tony, we'll start with you. Actually, first, why don't you kind of introduce yourself? Okay, yeah. So uh, I'm uh, married to John and Adam's cousin, Jessica. And so you've probably heard her on one of the other podcasts, too. But yeah, mm-hmm. so this is kind of my first opportunity to get on one. Tool's my favorite band. And so I just had to get on this one and that's of course why uh ethan's been exposed to the band as well the terrible father that <laughs> yeah, i am that's parenting at its <laughs> best <laughs> no, no 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 it's good uh although i, I was gonna say i have to be a bit proud that he he appreciates the music uh mm, even absolutely. if some of it may be a little uh old for him yet isn't that half the fun of being a parent though is forcing your own favorite music and, and movies and ideals onto these little impressionable little kids the matrix <laughs> oh, your favorite, a favorite movie. Yeah. I've never watched it, but I want to. Yeah, you should. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how many have you seen them live before? Yeah, I've seen them live three times now. Nice. Very nice. Uh, and yeah, enjoyed it a ton every single time. Uh, I first actually, I I was a little late getting into Tool. I didn't hear them until their album Lateralis came out. Okay. And so that was kind of my first introduction. It wasn't long after that that I saw them uh, live in Des Moines. Uh, oh, nice. For the first time. So okay. that. That was awesome. All right, Ethan, what uh, what do you remember from your dad? Interest? How did he introduce this band to you? Well, we used to play, we still do, we play music on the drive to school, mm-hmm. like whenever we go, and sometime around when Fear Inoculum came out, I started listening to it because dad would start to play it, and I thought it was pretty good. All right. Do you remember what the first song was he played for you? Yes, and it's on my top ten, but I am not going to tell you until okay, we get to Okay, awesome. That. We'll talk about it when we get to that. Okay. Adam, what was your experience with Tool? Uh, my experience for, with Tool was mostly through the very visually appealing and interesting music videos, as well as probably coming from John. Um, John was much more, you know, he was older than me, and you'll mention about it, that <laughs> you, uh, you were able to get into a lot of these more intense rock bands. And I remember actually being introduced to them by two friends in high school, um, one of which I think my sophomore year of high school was my ride to school every day. Um, she was, uh, she lived near me, and I remember she was like a, she was also in the band mm-hmm. with me, and she had this big old station wagon. <laughs> And so that's that's how she picked me up on the way to school every day. It was in the station wagon. And she introduced me not only to 
Tool, but to other bands like Nine Inch Nails, Bad Religion, uh, stuff like that that she had been listening to. And uh, the first song that she introduced me to on uh, from them is not technically on my list, but uh, I'll just say it wasn't in English. It was in German. The uh, von Satan. Yes, that was a <laughs> Maybe very. Maybe that's making somebody's list. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Um, so there are four of us here, and a lot of tool to talk about. So we're not gonna we're gonna beat around the bush too much. Yeah. Adam, do you have anything you want to add before we jump into our list? Um, no. I mean, I do think we're gonna have a lot of uh, a lot of hires on the list. It's interesting because. For most people out there, there's what five studio albums that most people will know from from Tool. There's a couple smaller ones as well, um, or kind of like a compilation album with uh, was it Salvio? Um, but so there's there's not a huge amount of music to choose from, but it's still it's very interesting. I think we're gonna have a lot of fun. Um, I'm very excited to see what everybody's going, and particularly you know Ethan calling out that he wanted to do this. I think is is ex- very exciting because you know when are we gonna get a uh, 11-year-old's opinion on Tool, but on <laughs> Bosch Bar Pass. So here we go. Uh, all right. Well, let's go ahead and start off with our number 10. I will start. And I will say that I will preface my list by saying that it will be very clear what album was my favorite oh. by my list. Um <laughs> For me, it's to be very clear what album was my least favorite. Because <laughs> it didn't. You'll very one. see clearly what album is my favorite. Okay. Um, but I'm going to start off with a song that is the the only song from this particular album that I uh, I picked. I have found that much like a lot of other bands in that similar genre, I can listen to every album all the way through. But a lot of times it just becomes kind of background music. Some, mm-hmm. Sometimes the song really has to grab me. Uh, and in the case of the album 10,000 Days, uh, it was the song Vicarious. Higher on my list. Higher yeah. on my list. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, it's made all four top ten, so that's good. All right. All right. Um, my number ten is from a fan. I remember when you brought this album home, uh, which is uh, Lateralis, mm-hmm. what they call it. Uh, very cool uh, cover art I remember particularly on that album design like the CD design was really good um, we'll see if it made anybody else's list my number 10 is Parabola higher on my list okay. higher on my list okay <laughs> <laughs> right. this might be a recurring yeah. theme <laughs> there are times when it happens a lot at the bottom of the list yeah, and then we yeah. talk more towards the top so my number 10 is actually the only one from this album but I debated putting another one from this album on, but there were a few songs I liked better. My number 10 was Sober. Higher, higher on my list. Higher on my list. <laughs> oh, okay, right. so just second half. Yeah, All right, I, I think I can break the streak here. Right. So, of in, of anyone cut. who is going to have some deep cuts, yeah, I expect deep cuts that to be you. <laughs> so yeah, my number 10 is the only song from this particular album I put on here. Uh, this is a newer one to kind of make my favorites list and it's one that I found that you know it didn't become my favorite the very first time I listened to it mm-hmm. but I, I found it really useful uh, in kind of the same way John you mentioned where some of these you get is background music and they just kind of fit I think mm-hmm. for the the mood you're trying to have or whatever you're trying to do and this one uh, I, I run regularly and this one I've just found really hits me uh, when it, when I'm at these different points in my run. And so my 
tenth choice is Descending from the album Fear Inoculum. Not on my list. Not on my list. Not on my list. Yeah. So what I love about this song is it's got such a nice build to kind of the, the middle of the song. I mean, it's one of their quietest starts of any mm-hmm. song. I mean, it's actually near silence for the first, uh, I don't know, 20 seconds. <laughs> it's so quiet, which is a little weird. Um, but then it, it builds to this huge amount of energy in the middle. Um, and it's still got, uh, I think, a fair amount of nice vocals from Maynard uh, interleaved, uh, especially earlier on in the song. Like many of the uh, tracks on Fear Inoculum, there's huge in- instrumental sections, especially for the second half of the song. But it all just kind of, I think, washes over you in waves. And I find that it's like build that energy coming back down and then building again toward the end uh, just is really kind of great, energizing experience uh, every time I listen to it. I mean, and that's Tool's mo right there is, mm-hmm. is they take you on a journey with every yeah. single every single song, and and particularly Fear Inoculum, you're getting on long journeys or very short journeys. It's back and forth, uh, but this is that's a good one. It's a really good choice. Yeah, I um, I as soon as Fear Inoculum came out, I bought the album, I downloaded, it, I listened to the whole thing, and I was like, that was good. And then I have rarely listened to it again, unfortunately. Um, the one thing I absolutely respect for Tool is. They do not care how long or short you think their song should be. They mm-hmm. are going to play it however they want to play it. Um, actually, one of my favorite things is um, since I since I am a drummer, um, Danny Carey actually put a lot of drum videos of like when they're on tour, and some of the ones from this album are my more fun ones to watch him drum. So I can really see what his uh, process is for you know you can actually see like how he develops the song and a great use of not only acoustic drums, but electronic like triggers and stuff like that. Because um, he's going to get what he wants, and I respect that. All right, let's bring us around to number nine. And someone mentioned mine before, but it might be higher on someone else's list. My number nine is Parabola. Higher on my list. Yeah. All right. Okay. Adam. All right. Uh, my number nine, we'll see. I don't know if you guys will have it on yours. Uh, it is the name of an album, so maybe that means you will like it. And it's one of their earlier ones. Actually, their main early studio album. Uh, My number nine is Undertow. Uh, That was an honorable mention for me. Okay. Honorable mention. You can tell, particularly with the Undertow album, that they're not as polished as, as they are going to be later. And so there's mm-hmm. a little bit more of a rougher, rawer sound, but I think it works very well with this song. Um, and you're getting, obviously, these nice, nice ebbs and flows with tempo, with um, even just the emotion that you're going to get from from everything that you know all of Tool and Maynard do and uh, I don't know what it is this is a song that I've always really enjoyed working out to so when I can put on and most most Tool songs I can go on and if I want to go and do like some heavy lifting Tool's a perfect band for that because they will you know 
and I, I don't try to rush my workouts, and so like I can get that build me up into one. And I think mm-hmm. Undertow actually does a pretty decent job of you know it's also a little bit shorter than some of their other stuff, so it can like get me into the mood and I'll be like, all right, yes, go hit it, go hit some heavy squats or something like that. Um, but yeah, Undertow is just one I've always appreciated. And I think, especially with the earlier tool, you'll hear a little bit more of the kind of rock and roll influence, a little bit more riff-based guitar stuff, mm-hmm, shorter mm-hmm. riffs, more sort of standard things that we'd expect to hear from uh, a, a rock band of that era. And, and I think they kind of grew into the... And I, I'm going to use this comparison more in, I think, mentality than I am going to be in sound, more like Dream Theater, where <laughs> Dream Theater is an epic all of their most of their songs is in it's a it's more symphonic than rock and roll and i think tool has started to follow that and i'm not saying it is a bad thing i'm just saying that's their natural progression um they're not satisfied with just doing a standard rock song anymore it doesn't mean Mm -hmm. anything to them they need something that challenges them and it's one of those things that it's hard because you want the audience to like it at the same time but you want to make it for you at the same time um and you know what tools gonna do what they do mm-hmm. so. yeah, i mean increasingly more layered and inc- uh, right. intricate with yes. each album that they've released yeah. i agree yeah. all right mr ethan sir okay my number nine this one i i always like headbang to whenever <laughs> i hear it on the in the car whenever we're driving somewhere my number nine was Stink Fist. Higher on my list. Higher. Uh, higher on my list. All right, Tony. All right. So my number nine is also from an album you mentioned earlier, John, uh, 10,000 Days. Um, right in two. Not on my list. Honorable mention. Like, I was so close to putting it on. Uh, I was say, I, I feel it's almost a uh, kind of sleeper song mm-hmm. in the album where you have uh, the more played on the radio songs earlier on the album. This one's sitting later. So if you're just playing the album straight through, you don't hear it as often mm-hmm. uh, unless you're you're playing all the way to the end. And it's, you know, it's, it's quieter softer at the beginning but it once again it's another song that's got a good build um also between this and my previous pick descending you know the lyrics while abstract as tool often is Mm -hmm. i I think are interesting to listen to this one talks about um conflict and uh basically how humans screw ourselves up and you know kind of told from the perspective of angels watching us wondering what the hell we're doing (laughs) very cool all right uh, we're at number eight. Number eight. All right. My number eight uh, comes from an album that's already been mentioned, and it is actually the title track. My number eight is Lateralus. Higher. Not, Higher. On, my, not on my list. Okay. okay. All right. Uh, and I'll go quick with mine because my number eight was, I think, John's number 10 and was made other people's hires on, on their lists. My number eight is Vicarious. Higher on my list. Also my number eight. Hey, okay. All right. Well, <laughs> we'll wait till Ethan's ready. All right, Ethan, and your number eight. Okay. My number eight is also from the um, 
album, an, a different, the same album as my um, last song, and it actually is the title track, somewhat. My number eight was Anima. I higher get this on somewhat. my list. Yes. Uh, yeah, somewhat. Spelled it uh, higher. Also higher. All right, Tony? Well, I, my eight was Vicarious. Yes. Oh, that's right. All right, so we're going back to my number seven. All right, so my number seven is one of the f- first real songs from Tool that I was introduced to. And it was also kind of the song that that taught me that you could layer into a rock song. You didn't have to start it out like you could, re- and you could layer slowly. Uh, and that is from the album Anima, and that is Eulogy. Honorable mention for me. Honorable Thank mention. You. Several things I love about this song. First of all, as a percussionist, I really appreciate the, even though I think it's mostly electronic, they're not actual percussion instruments, um, just the layering of the, the the clicks and the sounds and stuff like that. And it's a slow build. It is not very, I mean, as compared to maybe something from Fear Inoculum, it is a fast build. <laughs> but compared to other things from around, I believe 96 was around this, al- this album, uh, Enema. Enema was 96. 96, yeah. yeah. It was much slower than anything else. And I really appreciated that. I appreciate the almost Middle Eastern flair you get from the, some of the sounds. There's like a, a the guitar in the background has kind of like a flange put on it, but the way that the scale that he's using gives it a very sort of Middle Eastern flair. And I love the fact that it is a eulogy for one of my favorite comedians, Bill Hicks. Yeah, yeah. We we talked Enema a while back, and there's a lot of ties to Bill Hicks in that on, on that, that album. album. Yeah, and um, and we really got into him and we both definitely love bill hicks and when you're older that line we're not crossing yeah. yet I'm, I'm left in the dark over here it's all right you'll get there eventually yep um but just a a, a great build throughout the song yeah i just love it I, I was so tempted to bring this song into my list. And oh, okay. So, but I just couldn't quite find a spot for it with yeah. everything else I wanted to include. It's, sure. It's hard to pick a song, honestly, that I'm not going to agree with. Like, yeah, absolutely. You should have put that on your list. Right. That, <laughs> oh, go ahead. that was my thing with writing, too. I wanted to put it on my list, but there were, like, so many songs that were just the tiniest bit better that I had to put before it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. Like, my particularly my seven through 10 was shifting quite a bit. And then I finally locked it in, but that's the great thing about tool and picking in general. They have not one bad album, not honestly, not even one bad song. And so you can listen through every single album, you know, from top to bottom and just move on to the next album. And it's, they're one of those amazing bands. And I put some other ones like Decemberist for me Mm -hmm. where they just have, there's not a single bad song that tool has made. And and it makes this very difficult. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, where are we? My number seven, okay. um, and I believe uh, two other people have 
already said it's higher, um, but I just want to give props to Ethan. He was the first person to say the word stink fist, um, and I appreciate that uh, because of my humor. Uh, my number seven is stink fist. So. That is my number seven. Well. Seven? Okay, it so. is still higher on my list. Okay. Like two songs? Yeah, two songs in a row. Me and Tony are in, yeah, we're, we we're in a similar vibe right now. <laughs> All right, Ethan. You're number hey. seven. So what, what, remember when I said earlier about the first Tool song that I ever heard? Mm-hmm. It's actually, I'm debating between two songs for the first Tool song I ever heard. But this is the first one that I like remember thoroughly. So my number seven was The Grudge. Not on my list. It's an honorable mention for me. Another one that I was like trying to find a spot for and Mm. didn't quite make it. Finally. (laughs) (laughs) It was, um, I liked how the song like builds up, but it's also got like a really nice beat to it. (laughs) Like it, and it's also very like simple, a simple rhythm at the beginning. Dun, 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 Yet it like grabs your attention right from the start. So I think it's a really good song. Mm-hmm. Nice. I like the chanting at the beginning almost, you know, wear the grudge like a crown. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> yeah, th- this, uh, I always really appreciated um, as a percussionist. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's a big draw into their music for Absolutely. me as well. And th- like I mentioned, this album was the first album that I really got exposed to Tool with. Yeah. And having this be the first song you hear, it's like, yeah, my, I, I perked up. I'm like, whoa, what is this? This isn't just some simple rock rhythms going on. Yeah. One thing, you know, speaking drummer to drummer, we're gonna, I'm going to geek out on Danny Carey here, which I could mm-hmm. do at any moment. Um, <laughs> One thing I appreciate about Danny Carey is actually his setup. Uh, the, the way he set up his drum, it's a little unique. Um, the one thing that has, is kind of funny is is he moves his hi-hat around. Sometimes he'll have it on the left, which is the standard side. Sometimes he'll actually put it on a remote in the center. I did not know that. Yeah, some, so it, he, I, heard, I heard him talking about it one time where he needed to put more things on his left side and his hi-hat was just getting in the way, so they put it on a remote in the center right above his toms. Well, the left's where he keeps a lot of his digital pads, yes. right? Yeah. yeah, so that was when they were starting to need more pads and stuff like that, the hi-hat was in the way. And so they moved it to the center just above the tom. So he's actually kind of playing in front of the tom. The, he, he rides on so many different things. The hi-hat it almost seems like it's not necessarily necessary most of the time. Um, but also he has sort of a almost sort of symmetrical way that he sets it up. Um, also the, his choices of drums, which I won't get into here. But the one thing I do find very interesting is he very often uses a, what's called a, a, a double bass setup. So he has, uses two bass drums. Most people, I would say almost every person who uses a double bass setup has two bass drums that are the exact same size. Either both 22s or 24s, or if you're really crazy, 26s or something like that. Um, But Danny Carey does not. He uses two of two different sizes. He uses a 24 and a 22. And he basically uses the other bass drum like another tom. So he's creating different tones with each tom and each bass drum as opposed to just one single one for double pedal. So even when he's playing double pedal, you're getting two slightly different pitches so that it is still, as he hears it, more musical. So I appreciate that. All right. So 
Um, uh, it's also a kind of percussionist. I've noticed that as Tool, kind of percussionist, meaning I only play snare, but as like Tool has gone into, has like advanced through mm-hmm. different albums, they've like really done different stuff with their time signatures. Like at the mm-hmm. beginning, it was mostly like 4-4 four, four stuff. Then they changed to a whole bunch of different crazy time rhythms that still somehow sound good. Yeah, they, they, they're they able to make the weirdest things groove. And mm-hmm. that, to me, is one of the most impressive things. I'm playing different time signatures at the same time. And then yeah, often, yeah. you know, speaking to Danny Carey, he's usually the one in the drums tying the disparate parts together. Right. Giving them giving you something to latch onto while they're doing all this crazy stuff, which is actually something I'm going to mention for another song a little bit later. Uh, all right, we are on my number six. Is that where we're, at? we're back around to the top? Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, my number six was already mentioned before, so it might be higher on other people's list. My number six was sober. Higher on my list. Higher. Okay. okay. Adam, uh, I think this one might be higher on people's list. It's a fantastic. I think one of the best known songs from the. 2001 Lateralist album. It's Schism is my number six. Higher on my list. Honorable mention for me. Okay. Higher on my list. So my number six has been mentioned a few times already, but (laughs) I like this because even though it kicks off like really good and it keeps its energy up through the like most of the whole song, my number six was Parabola. Okay. Higher. All right. Okay. Keep going. It was my nine. What was it for you? Ten for me. Okay. All right. All right, six. so yeah, my number six is The Pot. Higher on my list. Higher on my list. I had a feeling that might happen. <laughs> Honorable mention for me. Okay. Uh, all right, number five. Um, this is a song I just love, and I think it's one that I kind of always forget how much I love it until I go back and re-listen to it again. And um, there's no way to edit myself in this. My number five is Hooker with a Penis. Good choice. Not on my list. Not on my list. I've never actually heard the full song. Oh, okay. Not on my list. Well, oddly enough, what I what I enjoy most about this song, and that is not to say that I don't enjoy um, the guitar riffs, the the you know the really heavy head bangy parts, the drums, is actually the story that Maynard is telling, because it's 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 a big screw you to this person that he met, and he's turned this into a song, and I just find that endlessly fascinating because it still keeps my attention despite the fact that it's just a kind of an almost seemingly innocuous generic story yeah we talked about this one on the animal album i believe mm-hmm. yeah it's it's wonderful it's again i can't i can't have any problems with any tool song really yeah i, I believe this song was aimed at his stepdad okay um from a little bit of the background reading i was doing and okay just yeah just someone he didn't get along with obviously <laughs> <laughs> A rock person not along with their parents? No. <laughs> uh, all right, Adam, we're over to you. All right. Uh, my number five was at one time I was so certain was my number one favorite Tool song. And I even mentioned that when we discussed Enema. Uh, but 
doing this list and, and over time things change. If we redid this list, I can guarantee in a year from now, I'd have a completely different list. Right. It's just kind of how your feels are. So mm-hmm. uh, my number five is the almost title track, uh, Enema, which was higher, was, was lower on Ethan's list. But. Oh. Higher on my list. Also my number five. Hey, y'all doing? We are vibing. <laughs> we are vibing. <laughs> did, did you guys look at each other's yeah, list mind building. We're good. All right, so higher for John. Uh, higher for me. We'll talk about it later. All right. Okay, so my number five actually wasn't on my list when we first, this, when we first, um, when I first put together this list, but... Uh, Dad got me a few Tool albums, and I've been listening to them, and I'm like, why didn't I have this on my list? My number five was Lateralis. Higher. All right. (laughs) And we already talked about my number five since I lined up with Adam again. (laughs) All right. We're back around to you, John. My number four, um, I believe, was mentioned already. I don't know if it's going to be higher. I'm pretty sure mine was the highest for this. My number four was Schism. That's my number four. Oh, yeah. High five. Woo! As best we can. playing the air drums over here yeah got that going so i've mentioned many times that in addition to percussion my my other instrument love is is bass guitar and i can tell you as somebody who's played bass guitar um for many 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 years now one of the songs that i often get asked just to play the riff to a lot is schism um, it did a lot for the bass guitar player to bring us into the forefront. People often forget, oh yeah, there's a bass in the band too. Um, and this this band is not really a good example to say that because, uh, and I cannot remember the name of the bass player. Tony. Justin Chancellor. Yeah, that's right, Justin Chancellor. Um, he often gets to feature a lot and feature his songwriting skills and his, his abilities and stuff like that, which I think is probably rare for a lot of bands, but I feel like these guys really do... Um, kind of support each other in all of their songwriting and performing. It's a, it's a whole band thing. And, and yeah. you see that in how they just credit all the songs and their albums with like one exception where I think they collaborated with someone outside the band. Mm-hmm. Um, basically every song is credited to every band member as having authored the song. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, I don't know how it was when you've seen them live, but when I saw them live, they really do put the, instrumentalists ahead so much so that Maynard was actually towards the back um was he in the dark he was in the dark okay yeah they've done that a lot <laughs> yes uh, he doesn't he I mean you can see his outline but you can't really see him mm-hmm. um so I I don't know if it's just kind of like he just is become more introverted or whatnot <laughs> um but I, I've always taken that as you know they're trying to take his voice and treat it at the same level as sure. any other instrument mm. that's being used. In yeah, the song. it's just another part of the orchestra, as yeah. it were. And the vocals are always easy for us to latch onto because it's the thing that all of us can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if we can't hit the same notes as a singer, we can always sing along. Um, not everyone is comfortable playing guitar or bass, and so they naturally right. get elevated. And so yeah. I feel that's why you get this effort to de-emphasize them so much more, especially in their live performances, mm-hmm. to help everything feel more bounced. 
yeah sure uh, at the end i like that yeah and that's another reason that i like tool is that they focus on the instruments a lot more than the voice because well in most bands they really focus on like the vocals and if someone doesn't have a good voice then it's kind of not like i don't want to listen to this but Mm -hmm. tool has what really focuses on their instrumentals and they really get creative with it Mm -hmm. yeah so schism hit number two on the mainstream rock chart it actually won a grammy for best metal performance um and obviously we talked about i don't think it's their only song that did no no they've won multiple grammys yeah uh, and obviously we already talked about how time signature adjustments are sure. very big. Apparently one person broke down that they said, this song alters meter 47 times, <laughs> which is wild. Yeah, I think it's the most changes of any of their songs. Mm-hmm. Very cool. All right, so that was that was the same, f- that was number four, four, four for me and Ethan, yep. right? So yep. Adam, you're number four. And my number four, I believe, was lower on Tony's list and maybe higher on Ethan, so we'll see. Uh, well, it's definitely not as four. Uh, my number four is The Pot. Higher on my list. Okay. Tony? Uh, my number four is Parabola. Okay. All right. All right. That was my 10. I think you're the highest. That's my six. Yeah, you're the highest. All right. So, yeah, this, this one I love because, I mean, if if you listen to just this track, but it kind of doesn't, it's not really meant to be by itself. There's Parable, which right. is kind of the opening track. Yeah. So if you switch to this, this track, it almost kind of hits you in the face because, right. <laughs> <laughs> but there is actually a build to it. And they did this with a few tracks on the, the album Lateralis, where they kind of separated out the build into a separate track, sometimes mm-hmm. with a completely different name. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked the little bit of play on words between the opener. It felt like such a one. tool thing to do, honestly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Um, and hitting into this. But yeah, it's th- this one's just uh, right, right out of the gate. High energy, great percussion riffs. Mm-hmm. And just like whenever I'm looking for something that just kind of to build me up and get me ready to go and tackle something, this is the track I love to put on. Yeah. 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 Great. It hit number 10 on the mainstream rock chart. But yeah, I have all these exact same feelings. And it made, so it made all of our lists, though. Yes, it did. Very cool. Uh, all right. I actually forgot about Parabola before to put it on my list, and then I listened to it, and I'm like, why is this not on my list? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and that's what I love about kind of the music, is I feel, you know, from Tool, each song of theirs can be a little bit of a different tool itself for what mood you're in, what, you know, what, what yeah. you're trying to do, and just to help kind of fit in the moment. Yeah. We made it to our top three. Okay. Uh, To my number three, my number three is Enema. So I'm actually going to nerd out a little bit on this song before I throw it to you guys a little <laughs> mm-hmm. bit. So first of all... I was hoping you would. Uh, yeah. yeah. First of all, I I think it's one of their most rock and roll riffs. Where they, mm-hmm. When the guitar finally comes in, mm-hmm. it's and it's it's not particularly a 
technically difficult riff to do, mm-hmm. but it's super catchy, and I love that. I love that they every so often they'll give us something that's a little bit like, I don't want to say poppy, but a little bit more like a poppy rock guitar style. Another one that uh, that references Bill Hicks, it actually references his comedy specifically, yeah. not mm-hmm. him specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, Arizona Bay. Yeah. Uh-huh. One of, uh, you know, and it was, you know, everyone when I went to go see them, everyone was enjoying everything. But when this song came on, the entire stadium came alive, or the arena actually I was in, came alive. Everyone was singing along to this one. I mean, it was the one that was probably the easiest to sing along to. A lot of people remember this one really, really well. Um, so the thing I really want to nerd out with was this was when I realized what you could really do with time signatures mm-hmm. in rock and roll. And towards the end of this song, um, you get what is called a hemiola. A hemiola is when you get basically what sounds like two different time signatures playing on top of each other at the same time. Okay. So what they did was uh, when they get to the slow part, when you got to hear, you kind of hear them going, stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm trying to censor myself here. here. I got 11 yeah, 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 yeah. I know, but I had to give you a reference. I've heard, I've heard I this your, like... I know. I, I heard know. the F word He's in fine. this song like 10 times. I know. <laughs> Pretty sure. Anyway, so what's happened is is that is that it moves to an, an almost... Um, triplet feel like in in six i'll i'll mm-hmm. actually use three one two three what's going on top of that is mm-hmm. in his feet not in his hands mm-hmm. in his feet danny carey is playing ninelets so you have one two three one two three and then each one of that is tripled one two three four five six seven eight nine one two, i can't even count that fast so that is playing and then on top of that when maynard comes in a little bit later he's actually playing in four four in like straight four four, so you get four four on top of like six eight, or actually, I would really call it four four on top of twelve eight to make it line up a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But you get this this hemiola, and you definitely get it at the end when you get the bump ba dump bump bump bump. One is playing triplets, mm-hmm. the other was playing quarter notes, so it'd be like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's like there it is. it's like a a mind f. Uh, yeah. The way that they do and, and layer these musics and this different style of stuff, a lot of drumming going on. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's we'll it's, have that all. But it, it's too. so it's for the I I'm the um, least musical person here probably <laughs> even even with Ethan anymore. Um, but it is it's it's like it's filling up my brain with so much different musical information. Yeah. But I love it. Yeah. Well, this is another great. Uh, part of how Danny Carey plays too. He's been quoted as saying he likes to treat his feet as his hands. Right. So he, you know, he practices to be able to use that double bass with the types of rhythms that you normally wouldn't uh, hear people play with anything other than their hands. Right. Yeah. We talked about, this, uh, about their Grammys. This was another one that won Grammy for Best Metal Performance. I hit number 25 on the mainstream rock chart. And I would just say, I've mentioned this before, at least on when we talked about that album, the personal connection I have to it is because living in LA for a total of seven years, this song is a middle finger to that entire area and to all of Los Angeles. And I love Los Angeles, but you can't also live and love Los Angeles without hating it. Like it's just, it's something that happens. And so you, you get it. I totally understand why he would, would sing all those things. It's one of those things where you're allowed to badmouth yeah, Los Angeles because exactly. you live there, but no one else can. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, all right. Adam, are we on your number three? We're on my number three, and this song has not been mentioned at all. And I'm very mm. curious, because I'd be shocked if it's not higher on some people's lists. 
Um, also from Enema album, 46 and 2. Higher. Higher. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, put, I unfortunately put this as an honorable mention. No, it's not unfortunately. It's your list. It's your yeah, list. It's all right. There's no wrong answers. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Ethan, your number three. Okay. My number three has been mentioned quite a few times now. And it's actually, I'm pretty sure it's my mom's favorite. My number three was The Pot. Who are you to wave your finger? You must have been out your hair. I hold deep in muddy waters. You practically raised the dead. Rob the grave to snow the cradle and burn the evidence down. Soapbox house of cards and glass. Oh, don't go tossing your stones all You must have been. Well, I really like about this song is that it's I don't think it's Maynard singing I think it's one of their different vocalists I'm not entirely sure on that I, I think it's Maynard I'd be shocked because it sounds different but I like how it's like played out mm-hmm. I like how I like how the voice can like sound really soft and then it can get like really like like rock and rolly at the same time that's that does not sound right no, yeah. I got no, you. Good. I got yeah. you. But yeah, no, he's got Maynard's got the talent to pull that mm-hmm. off. But yes, I, I almost get chills from that opening line with yeah. just the vocals. And... Yes, and that's so rare for this band that mm-hmm. it is it's almost appreciated immediately because that usually we have to wait a long time for Maynard <laughs> to finally come in. Sometimes yeah. that it's it's a it's appreciated to just kick it off right out of the right out of the gate. Yeah, on their Ten Thousand Days album, uh, your mom actually told me. Ethan, that, that this was her favorite song, yes, and she it said is. it better make your list. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Was, so, it was going to make my list anyway. We, we've talked about, you know, I've seen Tool in concert three times. The second time was with Jess, mm-hmm. and 10,000 Days was out, mm-hmm. and they did not play this song. Oh, no. Oh. So it wasn't until we saw them the next time, yeah. our, my third time, her second time seeing them, and they did play it, fortunately, yeah. that time. But she was like, if they don't play it again for another concert... <laughs> Yeah, this was uh, hit number one on the mainstream rock, rock chart. This is their highest charting song, uh, and it's just yeah, uh, nominated for a Grammy for best rock performance. I mean, obviously the lyrics tie. Into, I always think of obviously yeah. pot calling the kettle black, the hypocrisy, mm-hmm. um, and and things like that. It's well, just the, the dual meaning, right? I, I, and I love how they bring that into yeah, some yeah. of their songs. It's, like our, you must have been high, yes, <laughs> but we're also high. about the pot calling the kettle black. It's yeah. like it's like straight like. It's you're a hypocrite is basically what it's saying the entire song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Tony. All right, we're on number three here, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So my number three was Sober, which has been mentioned. Higher on my list. Okay. Okay. Uh, all right, well, number two, we'll see. I know at least one other person has this on their list. We'll see if it was higher. My number two is 46 and 2. Higher. Okay, yeah, we're going to have a lot of, <laughs> you know... Um, spoiled first. I was safe. Fighting for that number one yeah. slot. I was pretty sure that you were going to have 46 into it. Your sure. Number one. Yeah, you, you knew that. <laughs> yeah. I, that, that, is, that was the easiest one to place for me. Okay. Yeah. We'll get back to it. All right. Number two? Yep. Uh, my number two is another one that hasn't been mentioned, so I'm kind of curious how it will fit with everybody else. Uh, also from the 10,000 Days album, Jombie. Higher on my list. <laughs> Uh, so close to making okay. my list. Okay. Honorable mention. Not on, yeah, not on my list. Okay. Okay, so 
my number two actually battled with my number one for a while and this song has been mentioned a bit before but the reason that i put zombie higher is that i like i just kind of like how it feels a bit more my number two was vicarious okay, okay. i think it was on i think it made everybody that's, that's our number eight right? that's our number and eight my number ten okay likes to point the finger at everyone else, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, no, no kidding. I I really like this song with Jombie because they're right next to each other, which is surprising that they don't have a filler to separate them because they're like two really like back-to-back great songs. And it almost kind of surprises me that two would do something, but I like both of them. And Vicarious is really... It, it really kind of does a good build. Mm-hmm. Every Tool song kind of does yeah. a good But I don't know why I like it. I kind of just do. Well, I mean, all of us do. Made all of yeah. our top tens fantastic. Hit number two on the mainstream rock chart. Another one nominated for Best Rock Performance for a Grammy. Um, and even uh, in 2008, Rolling Stone uh, ranked at number 100 on the list of top 100 guitar songs of all time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously musicianship is amazing. You could pick if so many tool songs that are just best of pick yeah. an instrument they're gonna have a song that's on the best of that mm-hmm. instrument list but yeah. yeah i mean vicarious there's just something there's something fantastic about it yeah what grabs me immediately is the and i i i, I don't know if my brain is playing tricks on me when i listen to the beginning it sounds like it's an interplay between guitar and bass where they're mm-hmm. they're together but not together and it's i can't tell if the parts are different or if they're putting like what's called an echo or or a um a delay onto their parts and it's causing but there's like there's a left and right that's kind of going on that kind of messes with your head when that first comes in because sonically it just even though it's not loud it's full mm-hmm. and it just sounds it just sounds a little jarring in probably the best possible way this is this is why this is also the first track off of Ten Thousand days and i'm pretty sure when i first heard this i'm like ooh, this <laughs> this sounds different yeah and i like it yeah I, I, I gotta give them credit too. They're pretty good in almost across each of their albums. That opening track catches mm, your attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like even if it doesn't end up being your absolute favorite on the album, it's yeah. always a good one. Yeah. yeah. Also, oddly enough, a lot of the times their title tracks are yeah. often one of my more favorite ones on sure. each album. Sure. Or pseudo title tracks. Yeah, yeah. pseudo yeah, exactly. <laughs> sure. Alright, so my number two is a title track. <laughs> <laughs> Lateralis. Okay, all right. And that was uh, That was my number 8. Number eight and low my and not on my five. list but lower on, yeah. Okay. talk about time signatures so this is definitely i think 
takes the medal for the mathiest of all <laughs> of the okay. Tool songs uh, because Maynard's lyrics are set to the Fibonacci sequence. Mm. That's really um, cool. So uh, one, then two, then three, then five. Um, so you guys are familiar with the sequence? Phenomenal. Yes. Sure. Yes. Okay, for Ethan's sake, yeah. So you're just adding each of the previous two numbers together. I think he takes it up to like 13 mm -hmm. syllables at one point um, and then kind of up and down throughout the song. And so it's really interesting to see how you can do something to a scheme that's so rigid mm -hmm. um, and yet the vocals sound really interesting and unique and then you're still layering in the music behind it in all these crazy time signatures. But yeah. <laughs> I f like I feel like in the in the verses, I, it feels really tribal with uh, Danny Carey really you know riding on the toms instead of just you know give us a standard you know two four backbeat or whatever. Yeah, it's gonna be, and then just the the really militant that builds up underneath the kind of very very pretty guitar like really. Um, yeah, it's just one of the many things about it that just makes me love tools that much more. Number one. Number one. Is everybody's number one spoiled? I think so. Yeah. I think so, yeah. I think we've all been spoiled. <laughs> Which was not, I, I didn't think it was going to be. Uh, yeah, not of course. A, yeah, it was not a surprise. Um, so the reason for my number one is actually very personal. It is the first song, uh, it is the first song of tools that I myself tried to learn. Um, I actually learned it on bass. I didn't, I, I took, I you know, took a listen to Danny Carey's parts and I decided, no, I was not ready for that. <laughs> so hard. Especially in high school. Um, but for the bass parts, I was like, I could give that one a try. Um, and so it became more personal because not only was it the first one that I tried to learn how to play, it was the first one after I learned how to play it where I realized, oh, not only do I enjoy playing this and listening to it, I actually enjoy analyzing it. So really, you know, talking about like nerdy stuff going through the songs and analyzing what is each person doing here musically you know music theorily speaking um what is what is the significance of each time signature you know there are parts where especially it happens a lot in lateralist lateralist where there's actually not a time signature um but there is a metric modulation where like they're all playing in the same time signature but like Danny Carey is actually emphasizing different beats to make it sound like he's in a different time mm -hmm. signature, even though um, you have you still have a constant beat between all of them, mm -hmm. and like that was what really fascinated me in getting into that. Um, so my number one is Stink Fist. one you're saying is the headbang song yes it is yes. Yes. so true in concert i mean this is the song live that everyone's yeah. always pumping their fists mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. and it's such an experience when the whole crowd is just into it together yeah yeah, yeah. hit number 17 on the mainstream rock chart uh another one another one nominated for a grammy uh, this one though for best short form music videos and we brought it up briefly but i and a lot of their music videos i think directed by danny carey no, no. Uh, Adam Jones. Adam Jones, that's right. Yeah. I knew it was another one, sorry. The guitarist. Yes, I knew it was a different one of the other members. Um, 
but they're so interesting and weird and I just and it fits the band perfectly well, and their artwork for their albums are yeah. generally done by him Downfalls. as well yep yep very mm-hmm. nice what I actually didn't put my favorite a song that has my favorite drum with them on my list because it's like 11 minutes long but <laughs> it was reflection because it start off starts off like straight and it keeps and it keeps altering slightly because that's kind of what the drummer does and it mm-hmm. kind of grabs your attention yeah sure yeah so we talked about we also mentioned well, double entendres I want to throw out there just yes. <laughs> with with this song. <laughs> I wonder what this one is. <laughs> well, yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna go I, into real depth about that one. <laughs> oh oh man. Uh, I'm, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure I I'm pretty um, sure this is an inside but, joke I'm missing out uh, on. It's all right. Uh, yeah. But I mean, for it's, a song it's, about it's, desensitization, yes, right? right? I mean it. It's another, like many of the lyrics, interesting commentary on, and, and like I said, Maynard likes to point the finger. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or the fist doesn't well, work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry we're leaving a gaping hole in your yeah. knowledge here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure, like, okay, what what was this tool that I knew before and what actually is <laughs> Because I'm pretty, but at this point, they could be a political band. <laughs> they probably are. I think, and they, honestly, I think in a lot of ways, they are a yes. political band. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's far fetched yes. to say that. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just standing here with a confused face. I'm like nodding. I'm like, okay. Uh, uh, should, okay. I, should I leave the room before? You're good. You're, you're good. good. We're, we're doing, I think, a perfect job of dancing uh, around. All right. Adam, I think we're at your number one. We're at my number one. Uh, another fantastic one from an early, early album. Uh, my number one is Sober. So we, I mean, we've talked about it a hundred times already, but this band can build better than any other band, and this song hits it really well for me. I've mentioned like a workout playlist. This is a song I honestly, if I want to like hit like a high, hard, you know, push of squat or bench or something, I'll sit on my own, <laughs> listen for the first like six minutes or you know five minutes of this one, and then until you get to that, until it releases, then it's time for the pump and it's just like it's that kind of song yeah. you know just it's so amazing well it, you know if there's anything negative i can say about some of the music that tool does it's that it can actually be kind of hard to headbang to sure <laughs> this song is not one of them, yeah, right? yeah like this you you can headbang your way through this and have a good time and yeah. i agree i think i think adam you made an earlier assessment i think about how like under the that album undertow it definitely has a little bit more of a raw quality mm-hmm. to it but i don't think it takes away no. from it i think it's just it's it it adds to the personality of that album and i think that's the other good thing about tool is every album has even though it still sounds like tool it still sounds like it has its own personality and like an almost like a sonic overarching mm. uh, feel for each one. Uh, you can almost tell which album a song is from just by yeah, the sound of the sound, song. Right. Yes, the the quality, you know, they, they they I think they have they tend to have things that they like 
on each album that whatever it is that they're into that they brought in for that album and it's going to change the next album because their tastes are changing constantly yeah, and they're yeah. learning and whatever and you get hints and previews of that like there are definitely a lot of uh hints in the album anima that you hear in lateralis mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. fleshed out sure yeah sure so i mean this was the first single from like their first big cd and like this was everybody's introduction to them and i think i think maybe that just stuck with me sure so much sure you totally see that Alrighty, then your number one hit us. Okay, my number one has already been spoiled like everyone else's, mm-hmm. but this this always since after a few times of listening to this song, it was like instantly my number one. My number one was Jombie. I was wondering where he was going with that. Perfect. Like it, like it, like it instantly gets that, get, gets that good um bass drum in, and then you get to the vocals, and it's and it's already a good song to headbang to, and then somewhere in the middle you get to the guitar solo, and it is like a squeaky, distorted guitar solo somewhat, mm-hmm. but it also at the same time feels like so good. Like you could just like vibe to it, yeah. it, and this song's just like great all around. It is, it is in my it. opinion. Primarily in uh, nine eight, and then it interspersed with some sections of six four as well. Um, yeah, just interesting sonically. Uh, from what I had read, um, it is apparently the title is uh, primarily to refer to I am iambic uh, meter, mm-hmm. uh, and I and in Finnish. <laughs> yeah, a bit meta, of course, because of that, and that's what the lyrics are, are in, and I in iambic, maybe not pentameter, but they're in iambic meter, um, and jambi means I am in Finnish, uh, but also uh, Danny Carey has stated that when uh, Justin Chancellor played the bass track of the song, it said it reminded him of a ch- children's television show, and Pee Wee's Playhouse had the uh, magician guy Jambi was the name of the musician, of the, or the magician, the uh, oh, okay. genie. That's what it was, the genie on that one. Yeah. That's that might be what it refers to as well. Hit number seven on the mainstream rock charts, and it's a awesome, badass song. Yeah. We're oh. not holding back on the double bass there. No. <laughs> or or the cursing. <laughs> is that why it's number one? Is it the seek? Is it the cursing? No, no, no. no okay. No. I, I'm not sure if the song actually has any cursing. Well, yeah, I don't think. That I'm one not does. sure. I can't remember, but. Or the pod does. Yes. All right. Tony, you're the last one, Close sir. All right. So, yes, my absolute favorite tool song is 46 and 2.
it, it's interesting because I think it's actually one of the ones, even though they do play a little bit with time signatures, it's a lot closer to a standard 4-4 sure. time mm-hmm. most of the way through. Um, but yet, the riff that they repeat throughout there is so catchy. Mm-hmm. And and as they layer that with other parts of the song, I just find that continuing to come back to that, I, it hooks me the whole way through, and I, I just love yeah. that. The lyrics are interesting. You know, it, it's a little bit of a nod to kind of the notion of evolution yeah. um, and like 46 chromosomes and yeah. two, two more chromosomes being kind of the next phase of evolution. Um, and then the talk about stepping through my shadow, mm-hmm. kind of referring to part of your, uh, I don't remember exactly the... Uh, it was like someone. It was like a philosophy, the Carl right? Jung kind of mentality, or that. Kind of okay. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, where, where your shadow is supposed to represent oh, okay. a certain part of your psyche okay. Um, okay. of things that you may not be the most fond of. Mm. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, and so I, I see it as kind of, you know, each of these songs can mean I think different things to different people. The best part about it is you you make it your own, but yeah. it, it's a bit of uh, sort of growing yourself by kind of pushing through, you know. Uh, the, the things that you think are your weaknesses and turning them into your strengths. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I so I mentioned with my last one that uh, Stinkfist was the first Tool song they learned how to play. Shortly after I learned how to play it, uh, there was a, a girl, it was a couple of grades older than me, who was one of the ones who kind of introduced me to Tool, who I told her, oh yeah, I'm learning Stinkfist. She goes, oh, my favorite is 46 and 2, and I, which I immediately went home to learn <laughs> so I could impress her with it. <laughs> That's the way to do it. Um, but it is it's it's as a bass player, it's also one of my favorite ones to play, and also another lick that I get asked to play often if I happen to be playing bass somewhere. Um, and man, it, it's it's so much fun yeah. to play. Yeah, I mean, not a single wrong list amongst the group here. Mm-hmm. Every as we mentioned, every single Tool song is fan, it's phenomenal. Um, I want to throw out as we kind of close things around. It, we all have our favorite albums, but we all recognize they're all great albums like i i found out like doing my list i had a pretty pretty fun even split i had mm-hmm. three from Ten Thousand days three from enema two from Ladderless, and two from undertow and so like and none from fear <laughs> but it's the hardest one I, I feel to pull from yeah. i actually have about five tracks that i would have considered from yeah. that but Se- it's Seven competing against was my favorite from that one yeah it's yeah. competing against so much it is it is and, and they're ones who are they're a little bit easier to pick them out as singles to like listen to for a favorite list like this but yeah this is a lot of fun hope you guys enjoyed that too yep. loved it all right that was our top 10 tool songs Join us next time as Adam and I go out of this world to break down the 1997 film Starship Troopers, discuss the 90s cartoon Biker Mice from Mars, and recast Starship Troopers using actors of today. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us at blastfromourpast at gmail.com. And if you want to suggest a movie or TV show from your childhood or to be a guest on the podcast, go over to patreon.com backslash blastpastcast and pick a tier that works for you. To find us on social media, search for at blastpastcast. So until next time, I'm John. And I'm Adam. And thanks for joining us. See you next time.
I'm John, and I'm the host of Action Action. Every week, I'm joined by James. hey And Dustin. Hello. And each week, we review, debate, and rank a different action movie. We're creating the ultimate list of action movies. From awful to awesome. So if you want to hear three more white guys with beards talk about action movies. And argue about where they belong on our list. And decide you hate us because we've made fun of your favorite movie. Join us every Tuesday, and you can find us on your favorite podcatcher. And Steven Seagal is a joke.